All right. So as I mentioned at the start of our worship service today, last week we were talking about the story of Joseph, his coat of many colors, and ended with uh, talking about how we um, serve a God who is providing for us. Um, Kind of no matter what we are doing um, as a part of it, um, the good, the bad, God is present in all of it. And um, so this morning we have jumped all the way to the story of Moses, which is not it's not that far in scripture, but it's it's a it covers a lot of time and and to jump to the end of the the scripture in the Moses story uh, and him going to Pharaoh in in Egypt to the very end when the people are let go. Uh, I wanted to show that cartoon video at the beginning because those are usually the things that we preach on when we talk about Moses. Those are the easier, hopeful, helpful kinds of things we could talk about. Um, there's a lot of, of scripture after the Passover. This the the Passover um, and this final plague is um, it's a hard text, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, But I also think there is a lot of hopefulness in the miracle of God's liberation of the Israelites. And as I studied more in the last couple of weeks, as I listened from the voices of different Jewish influencers, there there is a whole category of of influencers that are Jewish that that share about their experience. I was reminded and and learned anew of what the um what this what the celebration of Passover can mean and what it can mean for us today. Um, I do feel like it's worth mentioning back at the end of the Joseph story, um, a little tidbit that I had never quite picked up on. Um, Joseph is the one who really sets up this economy of slavery in Egypt. I'm not saying that slavery or servanthood did not exist before, but there there's a key moment towards the end of the book of Genesis, around in Genesis 47 and beyond. Um, the people begin running, the Egyptians begin running out of money in order to buy grain. And so they start giving up their land in order to be able to eat. And then after a while, they run out of land. And so then they give themselves to Pharaoh as servants. They're themselves and their families to Pharaoh in order to just be able to eat. And so we see Joseph using this supply and demand that they find themselves in to set up a system of slavery and servanthood. Um, In uh, verse 12, 23 of 47, it says, Then Joseph said to the people, Now that I have this day brought you and your land, bought you, not brought, bought you and your land um, for Pharaoh, here is seed for you, sow the land. And at the harvest, you shall give one fifth to Pharaoh, and four fifths shall be your own. So he sets up that Pharaoh owns the people. Pharaoh owns the land and that one fifth of all that they produce on the land will go back to Pharaoh. So we start the book of Exodus. We find out that Joseph and his generation and all those who knew him have also have died and the people have forgotten what Joseph did. And now his descendants just look like foreigners in the land. Um, They are dirty sheep herders in the middle of um, this 
lush land of Egypt. And in this economy of slavery, the Israelites are taken as slaves with severe taskmasters over them. It is important uh, that I say, as we dive into this story uh, in the celebration of Passover, that I'm not Jewish. Um, I know my uh, nose looks a little bit like Mayim's, um, but going back as far as I can in our uh, ancestry DNA, uh, we are Protestants. Um, and I wanted to include some different voices. I, I am going to quote some of uh, the people that I've learned from through social media in this week. Uh, and uh, because I want, I think sometimes as Christians, um, because our heritage is Jewish, because our Jesus was Jewish, um, we co-opt the traditions and the faith of, of Jewish tradition for our own purposes. And I, I don't want to do that, but I do think that as we learn of their celebrations, um, there are ways that we can apply it to our own lives today. I want to recognize that the idea of Passover um, the killing of the firstborn of all of the Egyptians, uh, the, the male firstborn. It's a violent text. And what we do with that in our, our modern day sensibilities is, is to struggle with it. Um, today, if a whole generation were to die from disease or from war, um, we probably would not use the language that God did that. Um, but that's what we find in Scripture. What I do know is that I think that a lot of what is attributed to God in the Old Testament and what is even attributed to God today is shows more of our understanding of the way things happen than maybe rather than the way they are happening. But this is what scripture says. And just but just because scripture says it doesn't mean that I don't continue to struggle with it. Um, and I, I just want to name that. Um it is also that with this final plague, with this final punishment, the Israelites are let go. We are not, however, going to set up camp right here. We're going to focus, um, as Jewish people do, on uh, in their own celebrations, not on who was killed, who God took out, and how much better they are. Um, but we're going to learn what we can from the ways that Jews still celebrate Passover today. We will clean out and get ready. We will celebrate what God has done to save us from the narrow places in the past and those we face now. And we will remember what, what it would be like to see ourselves in some sort of miracle right where we are, even in the middle of hard times. As Jews prepare for Passover, uh, Mayim alluded to this a little bit in the video that I showed, but they, they take about a month to clean out. It's an intense form of spring cleaning. In a different video, um, she talks about cleaning out not only the food from the pantry that they're not supposed to eat, but also cleaning out all the counters, all the cabinets, all the drawers, even cleaning out the dishwasher. This has the practical purpose of cleaning out any of those foods that they're not supposed to eat during Passover. So there's no chance of contamination of the food and, and thus their lives. Remember, the Old Testament is filled with laws about clean and unclean items, especially around eating. To celebrate Passover, this is what it looks like in our generation to make sure that this holiday is celebrated in a clean way. Mayim says that it's like an intense spring cleaning, but steeped with spiritual significance. 
part of what they're getting out of their homes is everything that's processed or fake. What would a cleaning out look like for you today? What we surround ourselves with matters. Our belongings, our relationships, the food and drink we consume, the entertainment and stuff we consume on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, that all has an impact on us. We see ourselves as people of freedom and grace as Christians. Um, And and in giving up that list of of spiritual rules that we have to follow, um, sometimes we're often left with too, uh, too few rules to follow. It's hard to evaluate our lives sometimes when we when we live in grace. It's hard for us to see the things that could be affecting us negatively, holding us back, keeping us from hearing God. Saying yes, being open to opportunity always requires us to say no to something else. To have healthy relationships, we have to let go of unhealthy ones. To be physically healthier, we have to say no to certain kinds of foods and habits. To achieve more, to have a clear mind, we have to say no to technology that mindlessly can fill our lives and that we're constantly being entertained and distracted by. We do live in grace, but there are things that are holding us back from being all that we were created to be. In this, we see that God cares about those things. What we consume in every way, what we fill our time with, what we spend our money on, the people that we're in relationship, all of those matter to God. So this morning, we too will begin to clean out and get ready. Get ready for what could be. Part of the Passover celebration prayer and the everyday litany that practicing Jews still can say today remembers celebrates, and thanks a God who saved them from Egypt. But the word used uh, for Egypt can also be translated and mean a narrow place or a constricting place. There are specific instructions in the book of Exodus for the people to follow so that they will remember what God has done for them. One Jewish influencer in reflecting about the very different kind of Passover celebrations that they held this year um, during the height of the coronavirus breakout um, talked about how the restrictions that the virus was having on people socially and physically. She spoke about the way the virus is said to restrict breathing and restrict other organs. As we've talked about before, part of the Jewish tradition is to celebrate and remember where we have been and what God has done, but also to pay attention how God's word continues to come alive, what that means for us today. How does God continue to move? What places have been your Egypt? What have you been saved from? Is it important? Um, It is important to remember that God has saved us, saved us from our sins, from our unhealthy relationships, from illness, from financial struggles, from from jobs, from lives that were less than we were created to live, from worries and stress. It is important to remember and celebrate because too often we forget that God can do it again. 
That's what happened to the Israelites in the desert. That's why the instructions found for the ritual for them to celebrate, even as God is giving the command for what they're supposed to do in the moment, that on that very first night when the angel passed over. Because God... Sorry, I'm having trouble. Sorry, I activated Siri in something I just said. Um, because God knew that they would forget that they would forget that the narrow and strict places that God had saved them from before. We could benefit from celebrating a time where we remember these strict and narrow places that God has saved us from. So maybe we wouldn't be as less likely to forget the next time around. Maybe we would find ourselves in a strict and narrow place and immediately call on God in confidence knowing that it would not be easy. It will require something for from us to leave from, but that God sees us and is with us. If you find yourself in a strict and narrow place this morning, in need of being saved, remember, know that God hears you crying out and is working to save you. It may not be a saving in the way that you thought, The Israelites did not think their freedom would take them into the desert to wander around. But God was with them there as well. God hears you, God loves you, and God calls you God's own. Mayim also talks on her blog about how she and her family celebrated Passover back in 2019. They went to a camp to celebrate joining in a tradition of Jewish families gathering together um, on the holiday of Passover to celebrate together at a resort or a camp kind of setting. During this time at this camp, she was actually asked to uh, to share her reflections and thoughts on Passover and what it meant for her that year. She was in a season of transition of saying goodbye, um, In a season of not knowing what was next, Big Bang Theory was about to air or was that, excuse me, about to record its last episode. And it was a huge season of transition. And so for her reflection, she pondered what it would have been like if the Israelites had recognized they were living in the middle of a miracle in the middle of all the change. What if she recognized she could be living in the middle of a miracle right now? What it would be like for all of us, all of us to see ourselves in some sort of miracle, even in the face of hard times. We don't often recognize the movement of God. We're often so overwhelmed and focused on what's happening right around us. And I don't mean understanding in a simple platitudes of God's brought this trouble on me for a reason. He's got a plan. But it's more about understanding that even though the world is broken, even though we find ourselves in tight places, in change we don't understand, in difficulties, maybe, just maybe, we are in the middle of a miracle. The miracle might not be the miracle we thought would happen, but maybe we need to have eyes to see the miracle that is happening. She said, Things are constantly happening in this universe and in our lives. It all has a purpose, even if we can't see it now. For the rest of the holiday and beyond, my hope was to find comfort, even in discomfort, 
and to see that even as my life is constantly changing, a lot remains the same, and that's good. Ultimately, we are in the middle of so many miracles. Let's hope for the strength and open heart to find out what they are. What miracle could you be in the middle of this morning? What is God birthing in you? What could your exodus be? I want to challenge you this week. Lately, I don't often end service uh, sermons with a, a specific challenge or reflection for you to consider during the next week. But this week feels like something we need to keep chewing on and keep pondering. So first of all, what needs cleaning out? What habits do you need to stop or just slow down or, or give some boundaries to in order to be all that God has created you to be? What needs to be gone in order for you to be open to new possibilities? What do you need to say no to in order to be open to yes? Second, what are the tight and constricting places God has saved you from? Take a moment to remember what can you celebrate and what are the tight and restricting places that you need to see God's movement right now? And finally, what would it look like? What would change if you saw yourself in some sort of miracle, even in the hard times that you find yourself in right now? How do you take the difficulties you are facing and see God moving in them? What is God teaching you? And maybe most importantly, how is God present with you? This morning, May we learn from those who have walked these paths before us. May we celebrate this week all that God has done and is continuing to do in our lives. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for the way that you work and move in our lives, for the tight and constricting places that you save us from. Help us to have eyes to see the miracles all around us. We ask all this in your name. Amen. All right. Before I say the benediction, just a reminder, youth group is tonight. Um, and uh, leadership team is tomorrow night. Adults, Tuesday night. We've got a lot going on this week um, for a church that's only meeting virtually. Um, so now before we show the dogs before we give the daps. Let me offer a, a benediction this morning. Um, and now may you go in peace, feeling the presence of your brothers and sisters in Christ, even as we are separated. In these extraordinary times, may God show up in extraordinary ways in ordinary places. May God continue nudging you to be all you were created to be. But may God also bring you peace, hope, and comfort that you are loved just as you are. Amen. Go in peace. Have a great week. 